Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are here with Lawson and Monica. Morning. How's it going, Lawson? Good. More or less. (laughs) (laughs) More or less pretty good. Yeah, no, we're we're just just doing our best. Yeah. Just, you know, getting it done. You're listening right across Australia. Uh, maybe on 87.6, maybe on 87.8, maybe on 88, maybe on the internet, maybe on the TuneIn app, but most likely you're listening to the delayed broadcast because this is the delayed broadcast. This is the intro for the yeah, delayed yes, broadcast. So, as you will probably remember if you've listened to us before, but if you haven't, we'll still go through with you. If you are getting the delayed broadcast, you have one of two options. Mm-hmm. Your first option is to, to bug the people who run Faith FM. Give us a call. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Or text us in 0491-064-669. And tell us you want the live show. And tell us you want the live show. And we will push for you to get the live show. The other thing you can do is jump across to faithfm.com or jump in on the TuneIn app and look up Faith FM and you can listen to us live. Yeah, Faith FM Australia, we should specify that because there's a couple of American versions, bless their hearts. I I think we're better though. (laughs) (laughs) But... Monica. Yes, darling. What are you grateful for today? Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm grateful that I have some semblance of a voice this mm-hmm. morning because I, I uh, as you can hear, not sounding so great, um, I got up this morning and I, I did a little test to sing, <laughs> to sing along. In the shower? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Classic. And I was like, well, it's still a little bit there, so off to work we go. And uh, I'm grateful that it's it's still working for me. Mm. Um, and I actually am really I'm grateful, as I was yesterday, that you are here uh, helping me out and especially taking the lead today. So, yeah, appreciate it, man. All good. What are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful that I, I've hit peak, peak Bible worker. <laughs> what does that mean? So um, yesterday I went down to Sydney after the show and I picked up a car. Uh-huh. And this car is a little Hyundai XL, little green machine. And it's uh, it costs $300 with six months rego. Oh, yeah. And it's just... It's just, yeah, it's peak Bible worker. Um, the reason I say that is because Bible workers often live on stipends and or are volunteering or whatever it may be. Basically, we don't get a lot of money. <laughs> so it's like the classic Bible worker thing that we have real uh, Dodge cars. But this thing's actually pretty good. And it was it was uh, more or less, you know, it was 300 bucks. I think it was worth heaps more than $300. So it was more or less donated by a church member who was just really keen yes, on helping the message, uh, the, the, sorry, the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it just goes hard and I love it. Well, that, so, that sounds like a so great I'm, thing. So I'm so grateful for this little car that it will uh, aid me and assist me in, in spreading the gospel. Uh-huh. I actually named it. Oh, yeah? I named it Priscilla. Aye. Because, you know, Priscilla and Aquila, like yeah. strongest evangelistic couple in the in Bible, the Bible yes, you know. Uh, yes, very effective. Yeah, thing. and so me and Priscilla are also a very strong evangelistic couple because Priscilla will be helping me to um to to get it done. But anyways, yeah. We've got a great show coming up for you today. Stay tuned. in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every Mind. 
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Mon and Lawson while Lyle is away. Um, but something I forgot to mention. Go I, on. I, 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 I talked about this Bible worker card, this oh, yeah, Hyundai yeah, Excel yeah. and how it's just amazing. Does actually, have a name? Yeah, it's Priscilla, oh, actually. I love it. love because, it. you know, Priscilla and Aquila in uh-huh, the Bible, uh-huh. um, they were like this faithful couple. Yeah, evangelistic and, yeah, Bible couple. Love yeah, them. and so me... And Priscilla are also a faithful evangelistic Bible couple. Love it. So, <laughs> but the best thing about this car and the reason it's peak Bible worker is because we bought it with six months rego for three hundred dollars. What a blessing! It was so good. We actually bought it from a church member um, uh-huh, down uh-huh. in Sydney. His name's Dimitri, um, and it, yeah, he was just so keen on getting this car um, used for the mission. He's actually a a coal porter himself, so he goes around selling books. And that's his like he's 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 moving. I forget exactly where he's moving, but he's in the current process of moving um, down to some remote town somewhere 
to, to just sell books, to sell Christian books to people. Praise the Lord. Which is an amazing ministry. And, um, Absolutely. God bless that guy. Yeah, that, that is a great story. Do you know what? Hey, if you're listening to this and you have like a great story about how you've been blessed, um, maybe through a car. I like hearing car blessing yeah. stories. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text us, 0491-064-669. Tell us about um, a way the Lord blessed you through a car. I yeah. love car stories. But hey, uh, tell us about the quiz. All right, so we have a quiz today. And there's a little bit of a typo here. It says, who am I? But this is a, a what am I quiz. We're looking at a what. Mm. Okay. And here we go. This is the first clue. Ezekiel 36 tells how after Israel is laid to waste, the Lord will make it like this. So, you've got a reference. Mm-hmm. So, if if you're out there. Which is good because that's Ezekiel quite obscure. 36. Yeah, that is yeah, quite obscure. obscure. Um but yeah. And I can see why they would say it's a who am I quiz, but they are giving persona, personification to something that's not a, a person. So don't think of this as a person. It's not a person. It, yeah. it is definitely a thing, even though it's it says It's definitely a thing. Yes. Yeah, and we'll uh, find out as we give more clues. It should get yeah, easier and easier. Yeah. But, Mon, hit yes. us with some good news. Dude, dude, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a like a weird fascination with all things communism. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> But, but you're German. I, I know, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just utterly fascinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess often by the psychology behind both parties, the oppressor mm-hmm. and the oppressed. I guess because I'm, I know within myself, I'm such a, I can be such a rebellious, independent person. Mm-hmm. To me, the the idea that an entire nation of people are oppressed by a minority and they just bend over and take it for many years, it just blows my yeah, mind. Huh. Like, I would be – like, if, if if Australia turned into a communist country tomorrow, I kid you not, I'd be at the forefront of leading a revolution. Yeah. I'd be like, we are having an <laughs> uprising today. Like, that would be me, right? And so, I'm very fascinated and I'm very – like, it boggles my mind what the, what the oppressors get up to when they're in power because, you know, ultimate mm-hmm. power ultimately corrupts. We've heard Lyle say that a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, when these people – come into power and you know because communism in theory is a great theory let's not lie about it it's you know it sounds lovely um but you know looking at history it's never worked and in fact Karl Mm. Marx who is you know kind of like the the brains behind communism and where most communists have gotten their their fodder from Mm. you know he's if you trace everything back to him he's really responsible for the death of over a hundred million people yeah wow because of this theory that he tried to implement on the world um you know through different nations and um you know, and as a theory, it's, it's fine, but doesn't actually work in reality. And so, when these leaders initially come into power, like when they get voted in, because they do get voted in, they do. Yeah. Like it's not like the people didn't choose them; they did initially choose them. But like most politicians, once in power, they rarely make good on what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with communism, it's you can see uh, through history they come into power, and very quickly everything goes pear shaped. But then, like. You know, I feel like in, in, in democracies and other types of, you know, leadership um, styles, the craziness doesn't go as far as it does with communism. Yeah. So, the the leaders, they just do the most bonker things. Um, one, I read a really interesting book called North of the DMZ, mm-hmm. and uh, which is the, um, uh, you know, about North Korea. Yeah. Which at the moment is one of the last remaining sort of like old school communistic places. Like yeah. China is communism, but it's a, sort of like a more new kind of yeah uh, kind yeah. Of it's style. more of a dictatorship 
kind yeah, of communism. It's, it's a yeah. little bit different to like, you know, your old school. And I've been to Cuba where like, you know, it's um, it still is old school as well, but it's it's a lot more relaxed, um, yeah. you know, and you can get in and out there and stuff. Anyway, this book was fascinating, but it just, it was, a, it's written by um, uh, Andre Lankov, who is a Russian professor. And when the Soviet Union was still in, in play, um, you know, they had great relations with North Korea. And mm-hmm. so as a student, he was able to go to North Korea and live there wow. and study. And he, one of the, one of the rarest humans, you know, it's, it's such a, a rare opportunity for anyone else to do. But he went there and he studied in North Korea and then he's written um, like an entire book about his experience there mm-hmm. and just, just telling stuff about, you know, how they've like they've carved mountains into the shape of King Jong-un's face and this kind of thing. <laughs> and just and just the just the brainwashing that, that, that takes yeah, on the on the population. Very fascinating to me. Anyway, so I'm very interested right now in the in the peace talks they're having between North and South Korea currently, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know a little bit of cynicism from my part because they've had peace talks in the past and nothing's ever come of it. You know North Korea's made all these promises and done mm. done a turncoat afterwards, but this is like I still don't want to say they're 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 completely you know out of the woods at all, but they're making more progress than they ever have in the past. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's been like the first time in, in, oh, I don't even know how many years that the leaders from both North and South Korea actually crossed the borders into the, into the other countries. Wow. And they did it hand in hand and, uh, you know, and people were like, you know, cheering and, and so forth and then they planted a tree together. And uh, and uh, signed um, this was called the Pan Munjom Declaration for Peace, Prosperity, and Unification on the Korean mm. Peninsula, and uh, and this is all great. And you know, people are still you know a little bit like oh, whatever because you know they had uh, they had something similar happen eleven years ago with a sunshine policy, and um, uh, which never really eventuated to anything. But the good news that I want to share with you today, and this makes me so happy, right? Obviously, is that. Along with like the rest of these little progressive steps they're taking to end the conflict between North and South Korea, um, they are removing the landmines from the DMZ, from the de- uh, demilitarized zone. It's like a section of mm-hmm. land in between North and South Korea. Yeah, there are over two million landmines in this zone. So it's a it's a two hundred and forty eight kilometer stretch of land that separates the two the two nations, and. Um, the other crazy thing about this section of land is not only is there two million landmines in there, but there's it's it contains like the remains of like over a hundred, like at least three hundred, if not more, uh, UN and North Korean soldiers from the nineteen fifty 1950 to nineteen fifty three <laughs> Korean War. Oh man! And there's also like an unspecified amount of uh, South Korean and Chinese soldiers that were like buried in this patch of land mm-hmm. that they've never had access to them, and uh, and so both nations are working from their own sides and they're mm-hmm. going through and like technically missions are now um uh, you know, they're working to, to dig up these landmines mm-hmm. and also retrieve the remains of so many people, which is just going to bring closure yeah, to a sure. lot of families. A lot of because it's not just the soldiers who were involved in, in the multiple wars that have happened here, it's also the people who've tried to escape North Korea. Yeah, wow. Who would have hit these landmines and who would have not made it. Because, mm. you know, if they're running across a landmine field and they hit a landmine and they, they perish, you know who from which side is going to venture out there to collect the remains? Like, these bodies would have just laid there. Yeah, for so sure. very. I mean, that's a bit morbid to say, but that's the reality of it. So, two million landmines are going to be removed. Any time a landmine is removed is good news. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, do you know what? Just on landmines, by the way, I was in Germany, as you know, just last mm-hmm. week, and uh, they just have been experiencing a heat wave this summer. I think it's like been their hottest summer in like I don't know fifty years or something. They had such an extreme heat wave that um, landmines that hadn't been found um, since World War Two were just randomly exploding in the woods. How crazy is That's that? That's heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that but, sucks. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, good. I guess it's a good thing because no one got hurt with those. But it always boggles my mind when people bury landmines. It's such mm-hmm. a it's such a horrific way to to do war because yeah. you think like every time you bury a landmine, you must be thinking to yourself, "I hope this kills someone." Like that's just that's just that's disgusting. Yeah. And two million of them. Anyway, so that is good news coming out of North and South Korea that they're both. I like that they're doing the, doing it their own bit from both sides. Like they're both pitching in, pitching in. They're both attacking it from their sides the, of the border and getting rid of these landmines. Yeah, and I think especially at the moment, like the this, I guess the spotlight that's on North Korea at the moment that America's brung, um, it's it's a great thing. It, yeah, these are great things that are happening, um, and they're continuing to happening because, like, like yeah, with the whole denuclearization and the talks that uh-huh. America's been having uh-huh. with North Korea, like. Something's actually going to happen. Yeah. Like I actually feel like some it's going to go. Well, this somewhere. is the thing, right? I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is, but I, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that North Korea cannot remain as it is now because how else will the world come to um, come to an end? If we think about what the Bible says in terms of every every person will have the opportunity to know Jesus and choose Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and then Sunday law, we all know, also know yeah. Sunday law is going to happen. How is that going to happen when North Korea is in the state of lockdown that it is? Yeah. So I believe that in order for it to get in there, both the opportunity for people to choose and for Sunday mm. law to take place, it's going to have to come apart, it mm. seems, at some point. For sure. So yeah, very interesting to keep an eye on what is happening in North and South Korea and keep them in your prayers, you know. We've got to pray for our brothers and sisters on the other side of the planet. But stay tuned, this is Jaden Levick with Amazing Grace. I, I really like Jaden Levick. He's a great musician. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.
welcome such back. Such a good song. To Faith FM. That was <laughs> what a banger. Man. I just bought his entire album right before I went overseas. I just was like, you know what? I'm so into Jaden Levick and just p- popped the whole thing on my phone. Uh, right before, as I was on my way to the airport, actually, and so mm-hmm. I listened to that on my um, on my flight across to uh, Berlin. Yeah, it was great. Well, yeah, we just want to thank our producer Marta, who is actually currently receiving a, a yeah, phone call. Which, phone calls, she's but, juggling, multitasking. Oh, but she she is just serving up uh-huh, bangers. Uh-huh. You know, I think always. I might buy that album. I think the next album I might buy is that other chick we just started playing, the one we played before. Um, Jaden Levy. What was her name? Lauren. Daigle? Lauren Daigle. Yeah, I think I might buy her entire album. She's in, she's new. She's new to the music scene. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Sounds Dude, like she's got such a good voice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She <laughs> she's does. got this song. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's around the the theme of rolling. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. it sounds like rolling in the team. She oh, no <laughs> I'm, way. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's got, it's got this one called uh, Look Up Child. Oh, I really like that one. Mm. Yeah. Bangers. Yeah. Bangers. <laughs> hey, hit us with another banging clue. You and your bangers. <laughs> yeah, me and my bangers. Okay. Every time you say bangers, I feel so old. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's my favorite word. Hey, I, like I, to I describe realized, to describe music. Like if it's if if I hear a good song, like it's a banger. banger. It's a banger. <laughs> but anyway, continuing on with our banger clues to our banger quiz. Um, again, this is a what am I quiz, uh-huh. and the next clue is a cherubim was placed on the east side of this. Ah, oh yeah, it's easier. It's, it sounds really interesting, though, doesn't it? If yeah. you didn't know what this was, like this is going to sound so interesting to you. Like this cherubim's being placed on the east side. What is it? <laughs> hey, if you know, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we will send you the price this morning if you can get that right. Yes, you will. But now into mm. some news. Yeah, what's happening around the world? So, um, currently in in the world, um, we're seeing the the sort of massive crisis slash um war that is you know going on in syria yes right it's just super devastating um Mm -hmm. and it's just wrecked the country and it's just getting worse and worse there's more news coming through of more you know attacks on syria more bombings and all these things and it's it's just heavy um it's hectic and it's it's terrible but but did you know that syria has just been surpassed in the in its immigration, well, not immigration, but its migration rate. Oh, really? By another country. No way. Guess who it is. Just, uh, just throw something out uh, there. Uh, South Sudan. You're incorrect. <laughs> okay, this will actually strike you as a surprise, but I'll tell you why. Um, this is really interesting because the media hasn't covered this at all. I'm very but, intrigued. I'm but very intrigued. Syria now. has been surpassed in its migration rate by Venezuela. Oh, really? Yeah, Venezuela. I was thinking like something like whichever country has more people trying to leave must be having like something really bad mm. going on. But Venezuela, I mean, I mean, they're not like, you know, at that great peace kind of yeah. <laughs> level either. But. but check this out. So Venezuela, um, around 4 million Venezuelans have, have Venezuelans have left the country in the in the last two to three years, mm-hmm. which is crazy high, spe- that's, that's huge considering um, this is a country with only 30 million citizens uh-huh. already. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, and that rate's higher than Syria, that, like we've just said. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the reason for this um, yeah, is due this. to economic inflation. Oh, really? This is the biggest reason. So inflation is due to hit 1 million percent by Christmas. What? 1 what? million what, like- what does that even mean? Can you explain that to me in like so, one terms? Okay, so so essentially, and this is how I understand it. Yeah. So the currency mm-hmm. of Venezuela, like via inflation, like is becoming 
one million percent less valuable. Whoa! I, I think that's what that means. I, so basically, if you and I went to Venezuela right now with our Aussie dollars mm-hmm. and we got our money exchanged into Venezuelan money, we would be like squizillionaires. Well, essentially, um, I, I was looking before the Venezuelan dollar or like one Venezuelan. I think it's a B- Bolivian rhubarb or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yep, yep. One Venezuelan dollar is actually worth less than two cents at the moment oh so it's like they're re- and they're, and it's just plummeting and it's plummeting and it's going down they've um, had such fluctuation with like they, they, their country is very unstable i yeah. am surprised that that many people can leave though because i feel like you know i don't know is it that easy to leave venezuela like is it maybe is maybe the reason why the the uh the people the number of people leaving is so high is because they they don't have any infrastructure or no sorry not infrastructure, yeah. but any laws in place you know, sort of monitoring it and well, keeping it, you know. Well, this is the biggest problem at the moment that they're finding is because of this extreme hyperinflation, um, it, they're trying to, you know, urge businesses to sort of subsidize products and, and have fixed prices so that people can still um, afford to live. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I've got a statement here that it says the government has tried to force private businesses to keep their prices fixed in the face of the spiraling spiraling inflation. But this has only led to an increasing scarcity of essential goods as businesses refuse to bear their losses. So because like, yeah, businesses aren't wanting to lose money by having to fix their rates. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we just, you know, whatever it may be, food or, or different resources. It's like, oh, we just won't supply as many of that particular mm-hmm. thing so we don't lose anything um and this is to the point where yeah a massive black market has grown of course, over there of course um and yeah the government has been trying to to woo its allies to to give it some money um for example like china and turkey mm-hmm. but it's you know the, the there isn't even there hasn't even been a statement yet given by any of the countries of giving any aid yeah. um so yeah venezuela is in a really really harsh place um they're having like such a bad run in recent years and i wonder i wonder what the crux of it is like is it really bad management is it bad leadership because they're not they're not having like any sort of like uh uh, natural disasters or anything that are that are um you know yeah like killing them over at the knees like they're they're not having that kind of i feel like it's just something's wrong in the management and the country's being run by a bunch of clowns or something this is why we're, we're you know it's, it's the way it is now. Well, it's actually like, this is really interesting. I'm just going to touch on this. This is actually a quite like, um, this in, in, in some ways, it's a fulfillment of prophecy in the Bible. Oh, actually, on. this is hectic. So this is something that I show people often when I, when I give them a, a signs of the times Bible study, when oh, I show them like, okay, the time Bible study. okay, what, what are the signs that Jesus is coming soon? Uh-huh, and we, we uh-huh. go through, you know, earthquakes and disasters and wars and rumors of wars, which are all, um, currently on a massive increase massive, in the world. Massive. But another sign that the Bible gives in James chapter 5 and verses basically 1 to 5, we'll just read it now. The Bible says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure for the last days. Indeed, the wages of your laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord. You have lived in on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of the slaughter. 
you have condemned, you have murdered the just, and he does not resist you. Ooh. So it's essentially this is this is heavy because we you yeah. know Venezuela has been the host of of many you know a government uh, sorry a civil war and a government crackdown and and all these terrible um, human rights violations in the past. Mm. Um, actually, currently Venezuela has the second highest murder rate oh, in the world, um, and that isn't just on citizen basis. This is also coming from um, a police basis and all these things. Um, just basically because of. The poverty there, mm-hmm. because of the struggling, that means there's there's sort of a you know, and the and the debt and the inflation, there is that oppression that comes from, you know, the rich getting richer and the yeah, poor getting yeah. poorer. And mm-hmm. what the Bible is saying here, and I, I think this is especially like, you know, this prophecy, you know, can only be f- really fulfilled in our time when we have things like that can happen, like inflation, that like there will be a time where these oppressors of people through wealth. Um, their their riches will become moth-eaten and corroded and ultimately mean nothing. And that's what we're seeing in Venezuela. Absolutely. Is that the reason people are leaving is because money now means nothing. nothing. Yeah. So so like, you know, because I I man, I remember back in my back in my motorbike racing days, mm-hmm. um, there was like always this team, right? Um around the paddock and they oh well they this it was the Bank of Venezuela uh-huh. um, and they sponsored motorbike teams. They sponsored like Formula One teams. This is like big money. Yeah, yeah. And even in this time, even in that time, um, like Venezuela still had the highest murder rate, still had mass poverty. Yet we're seeing like all the richest people in Venezuela going off and racing F1 and, and motorbikes and all this stuff. And it's like we're just seeing now the, the tide being turned you know and mm-hmm. the, the tables being flipped and the scale being weighed out as the prophecy saying here like dude this is like your riches are corrupted um but now this is anders svensson with i cannot tell
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. Or perhaps you're tuning in via the TuneIn app to which we say welcome to digital radio. We are here this morning with Pastor David Stoji. Welcome back, Pastor. It's always so good to have you in the studio. I really appreciate what you do for us. <laughs> Wonderful to be here, Monica. Thank I know you that for our, having us. our listeners are often and most blessed by the, the messages and the, and the information that you present. They're always such timely informative and helpful programs and we really love having uh, your input on the show oh thank you thank you monica i hope that um uh, what we are sharing uh, is of help to some people well i'm very interested uh, by our topic today pastor um so the impact of marriage relationships on our social well-being this is very right. interesting i wouldn't have thought that there was an impact on your social well-being when it comes to marriage i mean i'm not particularly married but just looking at the <laughs> science of it like it kind of had me thinking it really did <laughs> well um last two weeks uh, we spoke about the benefit of the social dimension of our life mm-hmm. uh, on the overall health and well-being. And so our marriage has a significant impact on our social well-being, so that's the link. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and you just you did just say, you know, uh, health as a whole being, and your passion is holistic health, isn't it? And uh, our, our conversations, you know, you and Lyle and, and ourselves have been revolving around physical, mental, social, and spiritual health. That's right. Um, as I mentioned uh, on a few occasions over the last year, this year, uh, we have taken the World Health Organization definition of health as the foundation of our approach to health education, but have added another important aspect to it. Uh, let me remind our listeners that the World Health Organization, when it was first established in 1947-48, uh, defined health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. And this definition of health <coughs> served the humanity very well. Uh, in my in my opinion, for many years, as it highlights the multifaceted nature of health. But I believe it's lacking another important facet or, or, or another important dimension. So, so you're actually saying that there's a, a fourth dimension of health? I suspect that's that's the reason why you have chosen the name 4D Living, uh, the health health what is it lifestyle health clinic? Yeah, yes. that's interesting. Uh, and that's the name of your non profit uh, organization that you have recently established, uh, which is actually promoting holistic health. So that's right. So what actually is this fourth dimension of health? Okay, it's of course uh, spirituality. Over the past a few decades, there has been an abundance of research that through evidence-based approach shows the positive impact of spirituality on our health. We have been working our way through the dimensions of health over the past few months, and our listeners would have noticed that we have always included spiritual dimension um, in, in, the, in the mix. Uh, so, for instance, mental health or social health or relational health, um, each one of them really can be looked at, but if we... If we divorce it from from its spiritual dimension, then we are actually not having a holistic approach to health and well-being. 
So the last two or three times that you were actually here in the Faith FM studio, uh, we discussed the importance of social connectedness and how important this actually is for our health. And you mentioned um, that there's research that people who have good social support are three to five times likely, less likely, sorry, to die from any causes that people who don't have the support from their friends and family. That's right. That's massive. That truly is. Uh, let's put it in, in, in different different words. 300 to 500% it's, it's less likely a chance of dying of any cause if we have good social support. So how important that is. It makes it sound even bigger when you say three to 400. It's <laughs> massive. Uh, you also did uh, share some information about personality disorders um, to help us understand what drives the so-called high conflict. I guess that's difficult people. <laughs> that's right. Um, and it was fear and, and insecurity that drives the people with personality disorders, um, be they borderline, a narcissistic, histrionic, antisocial, or paranoid. Yes, uh, that's what we, we dealt uh, with over the past if you a couple of weeks and uh, it's very important uh, to mention here Monica and this is where this spiritual dimension kicks in mm-hmm. uh, that God has an antidote for those fears and insecurities he says and this is this is a wonderful text he says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you my rest uh, so the antidote uh, is his love. Uh, we read in the Bible in 1 John 4.18, uh, I would like to read this, this text, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So that first part of the verse, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So the more God and his love we have in our life, the more peace and less fear there is. So we become healthier mentally, socially, and all of that actually really promotes our physical health as well. Amen. That's that's so true. So millions or even billions of people throughout history have benefit, benefited health-wise because of their spiritual connection with God. So, so spirituality, in a way, it permeates all other aspects of our life, really. And just as we just as just before we started our morning show, um, you actually told me you wanted to stay a bit longer on the social aspect of our health and well-being. Yes, I wanted to talk about our most important earthly relationship. Uh, that, that that's David Stojic's opinion, <laughs> but that, but hopefully it will become uh, more more clear as we look at that. But when we talk about human relationships, I do not believe that there is more important relationship than the marriage. When God said it is not good for man to be alone, he created him a partner. He, he created him a wife. In the Garden of Eden, God established the nucleus of the human society, uh, which is the marriage. One man for one woman. And, and when we look at the benefits of a happy marriage, let me just, just rattle just about on, two or three <laughs> with you, uh, by you. Uh, people who stay happily married and I, I stress here happily, <laughs> live four years longer than those who do not. Uh, it is harmful, obviously. It is beneficial for children to be raised in, in functional, uh, uh, happy families. And it is obviously harmful for them you know, when that is not the case. Uh, and, and maybe just on the other side of the equation is people in unhappy relationships have 
35% increased chance of getting sick. So uh, we mentioned before that, that, that those who are, uh, you know, uh, in good relationships have 300 to, to 500 times a percent less chance of, of, of getting sick or dying of any cause. But those people who are, who are actually, you know, in unhappy relationships, their chances are 35% increased of getting sick. So that's interesting. That's astounding. And do you know what? It actually, when you, when you tell me stats like that, it suddenly makes clear to me almost like a glimpse of this great controversy, this war between Christ and Satan. It's no wonder that if God has attached such blessings to a happy marriage that the devil would try and attack that because I feel like today the institution of marriage is under attack like never before. Yes, it is. Uh, so if the marriage, um, Monica, the way God designed it is strong, filled with love and respect, the children that will be brought up in these families will, in most cases, be healthy in all aspects of their life, and they will be able to form healthy relationships. I cannot emphasize this enough. Uh, children that are brought up in healthy, functional families are equipped so much more to establish good relationships themselves uh, and uh, so so and as a result of that uh, our society will be so much more healthy uh, when we have healthy families there well stay right there listeners we are going to take a quick song break and then we'll be back with part two of this very interesting interview with pastor david stojic about marriage and its impact on our social health and, and overall well-being and overall well-being we're finding out <laughs> that's right Open my lips I will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord I will sing your praise Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM. You're here on The Breakfast Show. Today we have Pastor David Stojic here in the studio with us and he is sharing with us some very interesting information uh, regarding the impact of marriage relationships on our social well-being. And we're finding out that marriage really does seem to have an incredible impact on our, on our physical well-being. Um, now, Pastor, you are a qualified relationship counsellor, so you can speak with uh, some authority on this subject. Um, 
And I guess you must see a lot of couples that are really just going through some challenging times or relationship breakdowns because uh, that seems to be just rife in That's the world right. today. How well are we doing as a nation when it comes to marriage and divorce in Australia? I'm almost nervous to ask you this, but how are we doing? <laughs> that's, that's a really, really important question. Monica, I, yes, I, my qualification is postgraduate qualification in, in um, relationship counselling, and I'm also a qualified and accredited family dispute resolution practitioner. And I'm mentioning this uh, because actually one of these roles uh, is relevant to save to save the marriage, if possible, to save the relationship. Relationship counselors intervene to save the marriage, mm-hmm. uh, while mediators or so family dispute resolutions um, 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 practitioners, their role is actually when the marriage is broken down, to at least uh, enable the partners to uh, to be civilized to each other and look at the paramount principle and that paramount principle is the well-being of their children so they will not continue being married but they will always continue being parents of those children so so that's where basically family mediators kicks in so yeah i see a lot of a lot of suffering uh, you know a lot of issues there um I'll, I'll just share some recent stats there with you in 2015, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, there were 113,595 marriages registered. And guess how many of those, uh, you know, the same year were, well, not those, but how many marriages broke down and, and how many people looked at divorce? Oh, I hate to think. <laughs> I hate to think. Yeah, it's, it's sad, sad stats, uh, Monica. Nearly 50,000 people Whoa. that same year uh, ended up um, being granted a divorce. So one in three, in every three marriages and ends up in divorce. And, and there are two divorces per thousand residents of our of our country. Wow, that that is that is serious. In fact, it's, it's really quite shocking to be honest. I mean, we can only imagine the number of children and other people that are impacted, mostly negative because it's like it's a very sad statistic. Well, like what is, why is this happening? What is happening in our society? Is there something behind this that is driving the divorce rates to the roof? Let, let me first, yes, there is. Uh, let me first maybe just, uh, you, you use a very good good uh, word there, mostly negatively impacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's the case. There are instances, though, uh, where, where people in marriage relationships are abused. They're, 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 not, they're not safe. Uh, the children are not safe. And in such relationships that have been broken uh, uh, completely and there is no opportunity and, and possibility of, of, of mending it, then, then it is better f- for them to actually opt out of that marriage than staying in a marriage that is totally unsafe for them and for their children. So back to your questions. Uh, um, what is happening in our society? Why is this happening? Uh, the reason for this situation or such a tremendous rate of marriage breakdown uh, could be both complex and simple, depending on how one looks at the, at, at the causes. Uh, let me first deal with the complex side of, of, of the answer. Sure. One of the most profound changes in our society started in the 18th century uh, with the so-called Industrial Revolution, which arguably started in, in 1760s in, in Great Britain. Uh, and, and so it had profound 
profound impact on the nuclear family. The first settlement here, looking at our own history in Australia, um, uh, Monica, uh, the, uh, the first settlement uh, in Australia was established in 1788 with the arrival of the first fleet of British ships to what uh, would later become Sydney um, to establish the penal colony. So Australia was well and truly affected by the Industrial Revolution right right from the beginning. And, and uh, so uh, um, while the Industrial Revolution has been liberating for many, uh, uh, in some instances liberated in the, in the negative sense because people discarded some very, very important moral values. Mm. Um, it also changed tremendously the family paradigm. Uh, they changed the, 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 the value system and the priorities of people. You know, while, while family was more important in the past, uh, you know, now, now having more possession and material things uh, as a result of that industrial uh, revolution became more prominent and important in people's, uh, uh, in people's minds. Uh, there was more pressure on the family unit. Uh, uh, there was no time for bonding uh, with, with, with both parents working and trying to, to get more means or to survive. Uh, no, no, there was less time for meaningful social life. Um, uh, well, even <laughs> the social media. Yeah, no nah. time for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah, there is time for that. People find time for that. Uh, then, then there was this um, emphasis on individualism rather than community. Uh, and uh, and, and there's, there's this expectations or sense of entitlement, uh, which, which is very, very prominent in people's minds or has been increasing all the way from the 19th century and today. So um, the list could go, on and o- could go on and on of things uh, that have put pressure on the institution of marriage. And, and, and the institution is crumbling because of these pre- uh, pressures. Yeah, absolutely. It most certainly is. So the, the reasons for the marriage breakdown, they're rooted in the trends of our society and, uh, and you know, what our society has faced over the past centuries and in particularly the last decades by the sound of it. And you mentioned, on the other hand, the reasons for marriage breakdown could also be simple because that was a very complex answer. I did, I did not expect <laughs> to hear about the Industrial Revolution. So what's the flip side to that? Um, so so the, the, um, yes, the answer to the question, uh, can be very, very simple. And I would like to, to answer that question by quoting an author who had written extensively on the topic of marriage, uh, a late um, uh, Tim LaHaye. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember coming across one of his books with uh, an interesting title, How to Be Happy Though Married. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, um, that was around 30 years ago, and it still makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Tim LaHaye, was in a TV show speaking about marriage. And at the end of the show, he was asked to, uh, to sum up in one word the major cause for the marriage or relationship uh, breakdown. He thought about it for a moment, and he uttered the one word, just one word, and that word was selfishness. Mm. Uh, selfishness is the major cause of relationship breakdown summed up in one word. 
That's that's very true. So if we can find a way to become unselfish, we can almost guarantee that the marriage would not only survive but thrive. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, in a nutshell, I believe so. Lahey, Tim Lahey gave us a clue on how to deal with selfishness when he defined selfishness as the opposite of love. Mm. He said, in short, selfishness is the opposite of love. So how can we, being selfish in our core being, uh, become unselfish and loving? And almost, it, it almost requires a miracle for this change to happen. It does. The transformation of this kind from selfishness to unselfishness or selflessness uh, requires for us to tap into the spiritual resources that God loves to make available to us. And the first step on this journey of transformation that will save our marriage and most of our other relationships is the recognition, uh, recognition of our true condition, our selfishness. We need to label it for what it is. We need to own it. Uh, as the scripture says in Jeremiah 79, defining our condition, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And um, the second step is asking God to change our heart. So first, admitting that we have a problem mm-hmm. and asking God, to deal with that problem. And God is willing to do exactly that. In fact, I have a Bible verse here, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. It's a beautiful promise. And you know, Pastor, this has been a very interesting conversation. Um, unfortunately, our time is up. Is there anything else you'd like to say just in our final moments here uh, together? Yes, Monica. I would like to say a prayer for our listeners who are struggling with their marriage or other important relationships. Oh, is yes, please. Okay? Go ahead. Let me pray. Father, you have given the humanity a great gift, the gift of marriage. Your desire for marriage, uh, your desire for marriage has been to be the most beautiful, the unique and most intimate union between one man and one woman. The marriage has always been under attack by the enemy of humankind, the devil himself. It looks like the attacks of, on marriage have been never fiercer than now. Please help us to overcome the core reason for the marriage breakdown, our own selfishness. We repent for our selfishness and we humbly ask, please take the heart of stone from our chest and give us a soft heart, the heart of flesh, the heart of unselfish love, the heart that seeks the well-being of our spouse first. May we love as you love and forgive as you forgive. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends, and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.